This week on the Pro Wrestling Podcast, podcast. The latest on CM Punk and the all-out fallout drama from the media scrum. Nick Hausman gives his thoughts on being singled out by Punk at the media scrum. Pat McAfee stepping down from the SmackDown commentary table. Eddie Kingston and Bobby Fish give their unfiltered thoughts on CM Punk. And the UFC saw all the news about AEW's all-out media scrum fiasco and said, Hold my beer. I'm your host, Seth Grimes, and this is the Pro Wrestling Podcast Podcast. What the fuck is up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Pro Wrestling Podcast podcast. I am your boy, Seth Grimes, and kind of a slow news week, huh? Like, not a lot going on, nothing really interesting happening in the world of pro wrestling. I'm going to try my best to just scrape together clips from podcasts and interviews. I had to really scrounge and scour the bottom for the best clips that I could find because it's been a slow week. Not a lot going on. Uh, Who am I kidding? What the fuck? What a year this has been, dude. Vince McMahon first, now CM Punk. And if you go back basically just a little over a year, uh, you got CM Punk's return being one of the biggest stories, uh, probably the biggest story of last year. And then uh, just a hair over a year later, we got this media scrum madness, the fight backstage, and we got Vince McMahon retiring. This has been one hell of a year. Um, but this week, this week is crazy. It's been a lot to keep up with. Everybody and their mom has their thoughts and opinions on everything that's going on. I've tried my best to listen to it all. And I have compiled more than enough that I need for this show. I uh, will probably be going a little bit long today. Um, but I'm not going to try to squeeze everything in. It's just going to be impossible, man. Everybody was talking about this shit this week. Um, But I do feel like I've pulled out some great clips for you guys to share. And uh, before we get into any major clips, um, I'll just go ahead and dive into my thoughts on the whole CM Punk media scrum fallout, the insanity that happened at the media scrum. Of course, everybody's talking about all the insanity from this past weekend at All Out. CM Punk made a giant ass of himself, and this is coming from the biggest CM Punk mark. I would go as far as to call him a hero, or was a hero, perhaps, I don't know. Um, But I thought very highly of Punk, you know, I thought he stood for something, I thought he represented something, and he showed a very ugly, dark, nasty, vile side of himself this week. Everybody involved is suspended across the board, CM Punk is suspended, Ace Steel suspended, Larry the Dog suspended, Kenny Omega in the Bucks suspended. Michael Nakazawa, suspended. Christopher Daniels. Brandon Cutler. 
All he was doing was holding the goddamn camera for BTE. He got suspended. Um, and Pat Buck got suspended. He was there in the mix as well. A third-party company has been brought in to investigate this. An outside source, an impartial judge, somebody that's not associated with AEW, has been hired to investigate what happened there. And uh, the belief is that everybody's just kind of suspended until more information can come out because we've heard both sides of the story now. You know, uh, if you listen to the CM Punk side of the thing, you know, the young box burst through his door, pounded on the door, punked in answer, so they kicked it open, super kick, thigh slap, nailed it, got that door down with their fucking $5,000 Dior shoes on, and they walked up to uh, Punk and were like, what the hell, man? And a melee ensued, and uh, Larry the dog was in there, and he was in jeopardy. And uh, Ace Steel's wife was in the room, and apparently she was in such jeopardy that Ace Steel had to bite a guy and throw chairs and shit. And that is, of course, the CM Punk side of things. On the other side, the Young Bucks lightly tapped on the door, gently asked nicely, pretty please, if they could come in, sir. And then uh, Kenny Omega saved Larry the dog. Well, whole melee was going on, and there was fire and, and blood and barbed wire everywhere and chains, and people were shooting guns at each other. It was a war zone. And Kenny Omega, the kind-hearted human being that he is, the sweet, innocent soul of a man that is Kenny Omega, took it upon himself to put himself in the line of fire to go and rescue a helpless little dog. And of course, he was viciously attacked by Ace Steel for just being in the room. And of course, these are the two sides of things. Obviously, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, I would imagine. I don't see the Young Bucks just kicking in a door, because to be honest with you, I don't think they're physically capable of kicking in a door. <laughs> Meh, I don't know. Uh, but that's that's just my thoughts on it. You know what I mean? Maybe they did. Maybe maybe uh, Punk's side is right. This whole thing is just ugly as shit. It uh, is a bad look for the entire company. It buried Tony Khan. You heard him get the booze on Wednesday night when he appeared on screen to announce the titles were vacated. Um, he's putting the tree, the trio's titles were already put on the line. We have the Lucha Bros or the Death Triangle, I should say. Uh, and then we also have uh, a tournament being held for the world's title. Punk injured again. He got injured in the match. Rumors were early that he was injured in the melee. Of course, um, I didn't believe that because I saw him fucking holding his arm. He kept checking it. You know, he kept doing this gimmick and shit, you know, the whole fucking match against Moxley. So, uh, JR even called it out on commentary. So, it was definitely something that happened in the match. But, what was it that Moxley said? Uh, weak, uh, weak mind, weak body, weak ego, or fragile mind, fragile body, fragile ego. <laughs> He predicted this shit, remember, in his, his lead-up to the match? He said, uh, 
you know, enjoy seeing CM Punk because he's not going to be around for very long. Motherfuckers, Nostradamus. And by the way, uh, you know, I know Jim Cornette's followers have a particular hatred for Moxley. But John Moxley is the MVP of AEW. This guy, like, has stepped up to the point that everybody, all the fans, everybody's taken notice of the extra mile that Moxley has gone for the company of AEW. And uh, it shouldn't go unnoticed or unappreciated by either us, the fans, or even... Tony Khan himself should throw uh, Moxley a nice fat bonus for missing his vacation because he stepped up and not just by being there physically, um, but he has taken on a leadership role, both in like his promo might have been the best promo he's ever cut in his life. One of for sure. When he was out there on Wednesday, like you could tell like he had passion in his voice and that he really wanted to restore some some credibility to AEW. He wants to take the, to take the lead now. Another person that has stepped up is Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho has been a fucking uh, fantastic leader backstage by all accounts. He's been nice and cool and calm about this whole thing. And uh, he really stepped up. And even in his promo, he said, this is my locker room, you know, like... Some of these guys are taking this very personally. Apparently, Brian Danielson as well. Uh, Brian and and uh, Jericho and Moxley held a meeting on a Wednesday, I believe it was. Uh, talked to the locker room and basically kind of, you know, we're the big boys in the room, the adults in the room. And it's funny that they're all the WWE guys, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, they went in there and they were like, yo, you guys, like... We got to get this shit under control. And Tony Khan was made to look really, really bad here, too. This whole thing reflects very poorly on Khan. Uh, I'm not so much concerned about the fight. I don't think that's as big of a deal as some people are making that out to be. We've seen fights happen all over, uh, you know, professional wrestling. So it's not a huge deal. The huge deal is letting CM Punk sit there and bury everybody. CM Punk, to me, like, again, like, this guy was my hero. One of, you know, like, you know, uh, Raphael from the Ninja Turtles is a hero of mine, too. Um, but, I no, I really liked Punk. He, you know, his whole voice of the voiceless thing, his anti-authority pushing back against the evil empire of wwe you know we all thought for the longest time that it was the evil empire of the wwe that this man was putting his balls out there and just telling it like it is you know spitting truth uh and and pushing back against the system that was built to hold him down um, but now he's had the whole fucking world handed to him. He's got complete creative freedom, a shit ton of money, main events, and he's still a douchebag. So at this point, is both AEW and WWE horrible, evil companies, or is CM Punk just a douchebag? I'm starting to uh, think that it's it's Punk's the problem. And at this point, a lot of people are calling for his head. They want him to be fired from AEW altogether. The locker room is almost unanimously against him. 
I know that there are uh, factions of the locker room, and there's certainly factions of fans that are more on the side of CM Punk, and they'd rather see the Bucks get let go. Interestingly enough, I have a clip here from Wade Keller, who uh, has talked with Tony Khan in the past, and in this particular clip here has some insight on how Tony Khan might view his locker room and where people like CM Punk stand with Tony Khan compared to people like the Young Bucks. Check out this clip. Um, what I've been hearing from talking to a lot of people about Tony's mindset towards the locker room and you know, my, my, my impression was that Tony, as of going into the press conference Sunday night, was on Team Punk when it came to this and did feel bad or guilty or is at least willing to play that role to play K-Punk, who he values as his top paid, you know, the top paid star, the current world champion, and a key to the next TV deal and a big raise for, you know, a big, a big increase in rights fees. Punk is as important as anyone, more important than probably anybody, uh, objectively, but certainly in Tony's eyes, I think he feel, felt that way. I also have gotten the impression, not just as of you know, not just Sunday night, but over the last couple of years, increasingly, I don't think I think the word disenchanted with the Bucks isn't quite the right phrase, but some people have used that with me. But just not married to the notion that we that I need them to run this company or that they're essential to the numbers he's drawing at the gate on TV on pay-per-view and Tony is very numbers oriented that's pretty interesting that uh Tony Khan might see more I guess financially more there's more value in CM Punk right now than there is the Young Bucks but that's just one thing right like so CM Punk might be a bigger minute-to-minute draw fine CM Punk might be a bigger pay-per-view draw than the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega fine and hangman all those guys that's fine that's one thing though uh you also gotta look at the longevity punk's fragile as fuck look at him he's injured again a guy can't even get through a match now without getting hurt and that's you know maybe not fair to say because it's happened to other people and you know he did have a nice long you know, he basically went the whole first year. He had a lot of matches in that year with a lot of guys, and he went through it without getting hurt. Um, but now he seems fairly fragile. And uh, so that's one thing, you know, his age and his ability to stay healthy compared to the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Now, Kenny Omega was just out on the shelf as well. Um, but Kenny and the Bucks are significantly younger than Punk, which means they have significantly more years ahead of them. So you have all that more time that you can play with those action figures than you can this old beat-up, worn-out one. Um, another thing to look at is just your locker room morale. You know, so what if CM Punk's the biggest draw of all time ever? I don't care if you get, you know, how much money the dude makes for the company. What's that worth when every single other person in the locker room is now unhappy and will probably jump at the chance to go over to WWE when they get the chance because they don't want to be around a toxic locker room or be around CM Punk more specifically. Uh, so even though Tony Khan may see more financial value in the current or may see that Punk just does better numbers than everybody else, 
that's not the be all end all. And quite honestly, like I've been struggling with this because I am such a fan of CM Punk, right? Uh, because I am such a CM Punk mark. I've kind of been like struggling with the thought of what if Punk did leave? What if he was either fired, let go, or if he decided to quit? What is that? What does that mean? How does that look? How does that reflect on everything? Um, you know, does it make AEW look worse? Or is it better to just kind of cut your losses and move forward? You know, invest that money into some of the guys that are sh actually showing loyalty to you currently and building your other stars. You already have an overbloated roster, right? So do you even need a CM Punk? He's one of the biggest stars in the world, but at this point... And maybe, look, maybe after he comes back from his injury six, eight months from now, if he's still with the company, maybe some of this will have cooled off. And maybe he'll be in a position where he could come back. Uh, if he does, he's got to be a heel. Because you can't bring him back and expect anybody to cheer for him. He's, it's just not going to happen. He's a fucking heel now at this point. Um, but what if you do just let him go? What have you know? How it's not that big of a loss at this point, is it? Like I, I think Punk is damaged goods. I don't know that he's gonna be able to come. I think his star power is significantly diminished because the facade of this guy that I was so fond of, you know, such a fan of, and that so many other people were. But that facade, that, that veil is gone now. People saw CM Punk's true colors. He's a fucking, he's, he's more than just a, a heel. He's a, he's a super villain. He's evil. The things that he was saying, like, I was on record also uh, in that clip earlier from the week and on the, the reaction video that I feel like, the stuff he said about Colt was justified. Now, he went too far, you know, to mention Colt's mom and that they shared a bank account. That is not necessary. When you are best friends with somebody, even when you have a falling out, you know so much about that person. You know, you are an absolute shithead to now turn and use that against them, especially in public. Like, that was a... Dick move, a big time dick move. But I do see a lot of people saying like, oh, why would you even go into Colt Cabana? What's the point of even talking about Colt Cabana? Well, you know, I justified that. The dirt sheets were talking shit for, for weeks. And even before that, ever since Colt was moved off of AEW and over to ROH, it was brought up multiple times and I saw it all over social media, you know, that CM Punk was the guy responsible for removing Colt Cabana from AEW and almost getting him fired. And if that was not the case, as Punk swears that it's not, he had nothing to do with it. Tony swears Punk had nothing to do with it. Maybe this was a decision Tony just made because he was observant enough to notice these guys don't like each other. I don't want to cause problems. Colt's not really doing anything for my business anyway. God bless his heart. You know, he's people love him. He's he's a star to a certain extent. Um, but, he, you know, I just he's not worth losing or irritating punk, right? So maybe he made that call all on his own. 
but so if if all of that's true and the media just keeps saying it and saying it and saying it at some point punk's gotta i mean he deserves to take the time to fire back if that's what he wants to do and you know they're saying that oh this was planned it was planned from the beginning uh, it probably was planned. He probably he's not the kind of guy that's gonna reach out to Uncle Dave and be like, "Hey, this is my side of the story." But when he's got all these media fucks in a room together and he can give his thoughts right there to all of their faces and confront them all about it, that I, I think was his plan. But he went way too far, and then continued to go on and you know bury everybody else in the company too but the cult part was justified in my opinion it was everything else that was a step too far and uh before we move any further because i do have more thoughts on all of this um let's go ahead and listen to a clip from nick hausman he was on the same podcast with wade keller the wade keller uh pro wrestling podcast not to be confused with the Pro Wrestling Podcast podcast. This is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast where he had Nick Hausman on to take calls from fans and stuff like that, but to ask him flat out, and this was talked about, what are his thoughts on the whole Colt Cabana thing and how he was kind of singled out at the media scrum. Check out this clip. Um, uh, Nick, you were part of this story you bring a really uh, uh, unique perspective, a first-person perspective. Uh, talk about that. You're at the all-out Q&A. Talk, talk about your thought when he interrupted you and, and run down a little bit of what happened there. He starts this thing by saying he wants to start the scrum. He asks everybody who in this room considers themselves a journalist. I, like everyone else, raise my hand, and I'm kind of confused at this point. I don't really know exactly where Punk's going. Then he gives this you know, little speech about how he doesn't like how members of the press uh, don't acknowledge or don't uh, let people know who they're friends with because I guess he thinks it influences stories. Um, and as he's doing this, he's ripping off bloody wrist tape and he's throwing it on the ground very dramatically and it's very intense. Uh, then he, then he, then he kind of zeroes in on me and he goes, "Nick, how long has it been since you did improv?" Which was the last thing I expected him to say. Um, and, and he said it like he said it in the tone of a gotcha question. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. I could tell he was starting to kind of go somewhere. I was like, it's been a couple of years ago, you know, because I really haven't done improv in maybe eight years. I did StarCast improv once. Thank you, Conrad. Let's bring it back. Um, but it had been a while. I was like, it's been a couple of years. Then he goes, and Nick, when you did improv, who'd you do improv with? And uh, that's when I said Scott Colton. I wanted to call him by his legal name because I felt like everything was about to get real, real. And, and uh, Scott Colton is, of course, Colt Cabana's legal name. And that's when uh, I feel like he was going to try to get me, Wade, right? He goes, and so are you, would you say you're friends with Colt Cabana? And I was like, no, 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 Colt, Scott and I have not seen eye to eye in many years. And that's true, you know, it's just a fact, you know, we haven't. And that's when Punk, and I, I don't want to curse on your blog talk, but he said, you know, F, you blew my spot. Mm-hmm. And kind of, I think he kind of, <laughs> and at that, and see, like at that point, like, I, I was kind of having this surreal moment. Because I didn't know where Punk was going. We all saw where he went. But for me personally, it was just like, wow. My improv career just became the centerpiece of whatever is going on here in this scrum right now. You blew my spot, Nick. Of course he did. Of course he did. Because he's not friends with Colt. 
and that's Punk was hoping that he was friends with Colt so that he could say that the whole media thing was biased. You know, it's good to hear that Nick's not like uh, not traumatized by that whole thing because if I was anybody in the media, dude, and, and they were too. There was one guy that said, "Look, I've interviewed, you know." political leaders or whatever and and i've never been more uh nervous to ask a question than i am right now or or the poor kids in the crowd there was aj awesome was there and and izzy and cm punk's just fucking going off f-bombs everywhere not that those kids ever never heard the f-word but like they were probably traumatized by that shit. Izzy Punk was like, Izzy, I'm sorry. I'm, I like you. I'm sorry if I'm being scary right now. Um, but yeah, he was, man. He was nasty. But the Colt Cabana thing, perfectly justified in my opinion, other than going a step too far, getting into the personal personal. But, but fuck, man. Punk deserves a platform to to rebut right if the internet's going on for months now saying that punk got colt fired or almost got him fired or got him moved to roh and that's not the case punk deserves an outlet to give his two cents on that whole thing and to rebut it and call you guys all a bunch of fucks we don't know what you're talking about it's not true you need to check your sources better blah 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 <clears throat> all of that was justified he crossed the line when he got to the mom and then uh, certainly when he started crossing over into burying AEW and shutting down Tony Khan, uh, you know, Tony Khan tried to speak up and be like, you know, I should have addressed this with Nick because he was asked, Nick asked Tony Khan about Colt Cabana before too. And uh, Tony Khan just kind of, I, th- I believe he no commented on it so that it just continued to fester and more questions continued and theories and speculation floating around out there that led to punk being even more pissed off. And, uh, you know, he, he crossed the line when he did that to Tony Khan cause he completely emasculated Tony Khan. He completely took his balls away. Um, a lot of people making fun of Tony Khan and I guess rightfully so. I mean, I feel bad for the guy because what what were you to do in that situation? So you're going to stand up and flex and be like, stop it, punk. That's enough. You need to cut it out. Uh, he's not going to do that. Punk's going to fucking bitch slap him or chew his ass and call him a mark or something. You know what I mean? Like, punk was on one right there. There was no stopping that guy other than to just get up, go to the sound guy and tell him to cut the mic and he, you know, shut the lights off, media over. But punk would have continued to scream and yell and and make a big scene. He would have got more angry than he was. You almost had to kind of let him get it out of his system and just hope he didn't go too far. Uh, but he did. He went way too far. Plus Tony Khan nodding. I think it was like more of a just a nervous thing, but that made him look really bad because he was seemingly agreeing with Punk on everything, which is not a good look, especially for the EVPs. You know, rumor is that they even threatened to leave at one point. It's just all a big mess, and I think overall it may be worth just just getting rid of Punk. Um, I hate to say it and like, where does he go? What does he do? What does that do to his image, his reputation, his ability to do the other things that he was doing before he went back to wrestling, like writing comics, being in movies, 
I saw some weird, like, cheesy horror movie he was on on Netflix where he was, there was, like, this creepy haunted house or something, and Punk was, like, a killer, I think, or something, you know, the house made him kill somebody. I don't remember exactly, but there was something like that with CM Punk on Netflix. And then, of course, uh, he was in uh, the show Heels, and I believe he has already filmed his part for season two of Heels, so... It'll be a bigger part of that, and how's that going to affect, you know, are they going to want to continue to work with a guy like Punk? Maybe all this will blow over, who knows? Um, but but it, it certainly remains to be seen how all this will play out. I think a lot of that's going to have to do with what happens with that um, the third-party investigation of the whole situation and what their findings are, because if they find... Uh, clear fault in somebody then that person should probably go I don't know um, of course the fighting part of it not so much a big deal to me I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit later because there's more to get into with the fight um, but yeah overall it's just a fucked up situation and a giant black mark on AEW and really on professional wrestling like, this was bad. It was really bad. Punk was ugly. This wasn't just a rant. This was vile. This was venom. This wasn't just a pipe bomb. This was a nuclear bomb. This wiped out everything in its path. And this might not be something that they can come back from. Of course, the media weren't the only ones giving their thoughts on CM Punk this week. The wrestlers got into the action themselves. In particular, both Eddie Kingston and Bobby Fish had a lot to say about CM Punk this week. Starting with Eddie Kingston was on the Busted Open podcast this week. Busted Open Radio, if you're a serious satellite listener. And Eddie Kingston, never shy to give his opinion of anything, never short on words. Um, and he didn't have a lot to, good to say about CM Punk. In fact, he called him a bitch. Check out this clip. Yeah, well, that's, that, that's Phil's M.O. You know I mean? Let's just call it like it is. That's Punk's M.O. My man got a Punk shirt there. God bless you. I'm happy you're a fan of his. I'm not. He's a bitch. But God bless you. You know what I mean? You, you can like a bitch, I, I don't. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm joking. It's all good. Punk's not a good dude. I don't care what he says or does. You know what I mean? I'll give it to you plain and simple. I don't like Jericho. I don't like Brian. I don't like Claudio. I don't like Punk. Those are the people I don't like in this company. And there's nothing you can say or do or tell me that makes them different to me. Is, I know is there who they a reason are. for it, though? I'm going to keep that to myself because okay. people don't need to know inside baseball. Yeah, this continues to be a thing. We'll get into that with Bobby later as well, but continues to be a thing where it doesn't sound like the actual wrestlers that are around punk or no punk really like the guy. The fans like him. The younger wrestlers maybe that were never actually around him that just grew up watching him. Uh, maybe they idolize Punk to an extent or look up to him, but the, these guys that have worked with Punk, been around Punk, there's not a lot of people that have a lot of good things to say about him. You know, he's got friends there. He's, you know, FTR and that sort of thing, but like a guy like Eddie Kingston, I mean, this could all just be like a work for Kingston, you know what I mean? Like, 
You know, he did that angle with Punk. And, you know, he did also say on the podcast that the, a few other people that he didn't like. And those were all the people that he was working with, basically. You know, he mentioned Sammy. He mentioned uh, Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, as uh, Chris Jericho, as other people in the locker room that he doesn't like or get along with. Um, but, I mean, he just flat out called CM Punk a bitch. And you know what? For all the uh, flack that people are giving Hangman Page for what he said about Punk, I, Eddie said worse in his promos to Punk. It was basically the same thing, only turned up louder. Hangman was a little bit light on Punk with it. Eddie was, Eddie was heavy-handed. Evie. Evie, Evie was heavy-handed. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's funny to hear it like, you know, it's funny when you hear people come out and are like, yeah, CM Punk's a bitch. Uh, it's just, go listen to that full interview with Eddie Kingston on Busted Open. He's got a lot of interesting things to say, interesting takes on everything. He didn't get into any kind of detail about the actual actions of CM Punk or the media scrum or anything like that. Um, but to to just kind of put it like that, that he, you know, he doesn't like Punk. And to kind of insinuate that basically like, you know, that people, the people see one side of punk, but there's, you know, the, the locker room side of punk that people don't get to see. And, and he doesn't like that. And it can, seems to be more than just Eddie Kingston because uh, Bobby Fish also had his thoughts this week. And uh, he actually flat out challenged CM Punk to a fight. On his podcast, but it was on the 10 count over on NBC Sports. He did an interview over there uh, where he was kind of asked more about picking a fight with CM Punk. More about what his beefs were with CM Punk. Check out this clip. Uh, were you, like, challenging CM Punk to a fight? Um, I would call it more of an invitation than a challenge because it's not a... There is no challenge. Like... As a martial artist, you're asking me to go out and sell, put over your bunk ass martial arts, which it's insulting to the audience. It's insulting to me, you know, and at the same time, I'm working for AEW. They're, they're the ones paying my check. You ask me to go out and put my shoulders down for Phil Brooks. I go out and I do it. Um, interestingly enough, there was a, a little bit of whatever in the match that he and I had. And then, you know, Phil, Phil was really, um, I, I don't know what, what kind of language I can use here. You can um, use any language you want. His language. Okay. So Phil <laughs> after the match was a cunt. And um, frankly, you know, as a martial martial artist, um, I went out and I, I laid my shoulders down for you. Like you should be um, grateful that I did because on national TV, if I decided that I wanted to fucking haku your ass, I could have. So we got Eddie Kingston calling CM Punk a bitch. And now we got Bobby Fish calling CM Punk a cunt. Lots of love to go around for CM Punk, I'm telling you. Um, this was interesting. You know, I kind of cringed a little bit at Bobby Fish when I heard that he, you know, he was trying to pick a fight with CM Punk. 
You know, it sounded like a kind of a desperate uh, grab at relevancy to kind of, you know, keep his name in the mix now that he's been released from AEW. And I, in general, don't really like those kind of, I'm a big tough guy. I don't like those kind of people where, you know, like the the way that they want to solve it is to just, well, hey, you're, you're an asshole to the locker room, so why don't you come fight me? Come fight me. You know, Booker T's done that as well. Eric Bischoff likes to do that at times. And it's like, are you a big tough guy at your age? You know, Bobby Fish in his high 40s, right? Like, mid-40s maybe? I don't know. Like, yeah, just just a big tough guy. Going to just call people out and try to fight them for relevancy. But I, there's more to it to, than that. And that was shown in this NBC interview that he did here because... Uh, he said, you know, apparently Punk was a cunt to him backstage after their their match. They had a match. Something happened in the match that Bobby Fish says was Punk's fault to begin with, but something must have happened in the match. I actually want like to kind of go back and watch that and see if I can watch for a moment where Punk started to get pissy or something, but... For him to go backstage and just be mean to Bobby Fish about whatever happened in the match. Like, shit happens in wrestling matches. They're not all perfect. They're not all smooth. People get hurt. People fuck up. And you know what? It's wrestling. It's not a big deal. You guys are out there just putting on a show. And CM Punk's gonna fucking just be a... You know, and Bobby didn't go into detail, so I don't... I can't really say for sure exactly how punk handled the situation but to say that punk was pissy backstage he was a cunt to bobby after the match about a situation like why what's the point of that why do you need to go backstage and start bitching about a match that you just like it's that ego that Punk carries around. He just he thinks he's the greatest fucking thing, the best thing, the smartest thing. He's a godsend to AEW. He's the savior to make everybody there rich. And if everybody just has to walk on eggshells around CM Punk because he's the big money guy for the company and he's going to be their hero that takes them to the promised land, all you got to do is shut the fuck up, listen to him, don't rub him the wrong way, don't talk back, don't fuck up in the ring, don't piss him off, don't look at him wrong. Come on, man. Come on, man. Uh, shit happens in the ring, and that's that's disappointing to hear. But it was funny to hear Bobby Fish have that to say. Bobby Fish, by the way, got rid of the mustache. He ain't got the he ain't got the thing no more. And he's gray. He's gray. Apparently, he's been dyeing his hair the whole time. Could have fooled me. I don't pick up on that kind of stuff. Toupees, hair dye, like I can't spot that shit. Women are much better at spotting that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, Bobby Fish just straight gray now and no twirly mustache that he had. Um, worth going out of your way to listen to his interview that he did on NBC Sports. It is on YouTube. Uh, I do have it linked below in the description. So you can watch that whole interview if you like. There's a lot of good stuff there from Bobby Fish. And it's just, you know, more people talking about CM Punk. And I have a feeling that there's going to be more stories like this to come. More people are going to start to talk about the real CM Punk now that it's safe to. Now that everybody's got a bad taste in their mouth about him. Now that he's not the savior that everybody thought he would be for AEW. 
Um, you know, a lot of people are going to start to speak up about this, and I'm sure there's a lot more to be had about it. A giant fight broke out backstage of a press conference, made the news headlines all over this week. And if you thought I was talking about AEW All Out, you are mistaken. Now, I won't fault you for thinking that that's what I was talking about, but I'm talking about the other backstage fight that happened this week during a press conference. And this one happened with UFC this week. They have a big pay-per-view coming up. UFC 2-something or other, 270-some shits. I don't fucking know. Um, but they had a big press conference going on this week and all hell broke loose backstage. Wouldn't you know it? I'll be damned. Check out this clip of Dana White talking with the press and announcing that the press conference is over. This is the weirdest thing I've ever been a part of. We had a big shit show break out back there and, uh, we're going to do this thing different than we normally do. We're going to call them out in twos. And uh, keep them out here for a few minutes, then we'll call it the other two. Trust me. <laughs> this is the way to do it. Dana, did anything... Yeah, get- yeah, yeah. There's lots of crazy shit going on back there, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Talk about the fight. We got it handled and talk right. about the fight. Yeah, I see yeah. I apologize, everybody. I am in very weird... Watershed. This has never happened in the history of this company. So, uh, trust me when I tell you, this is the right decision not to do this press conference right now. And uh, I hear you. But for everybody's safety, this is the right decision. So this is why I said earlier in the show on the CM Punk clip that the fight backstage wasn't really a big deal for me. In the history of pro wrestling, there have been fights backstage. A lot of them. This is not new to AEW, and it has nothing to do with Tony Khan running a sloppy shop, and he can't keep his locker room together, and blah, 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 blah. This happened many times in the history of pro wrestling, and it's happened in the history of UFC. It happened in the same fucking week. You know, and everybody's talking about, oh, AEW's gonna get kicked off of fucking Warner Media, which is a whole nother tirade I could go on, but I'm not going to here. Uh, it's a really stupid take. Um, because, you know, I don't think people care all that much, to be honest with you. It's just not that big of a deal. Fights happen backstage. Look, this is... Even though wrestling scripted, it is a combat sport. These are tough guys with big egos. And they're bound to rub each other the wrong way. They're bound to have get into beefs backstage. They're all competing with each other. Even though they, they can be friends and they can get along and they can work together, inevitably everybody's competing for the top spots, the top dollars, and that's going to uh, be an issue when you're mixing that with money, big money, and egos. And fucking 
and, and just tough testosterone filled men. I mean, look, it happened with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart famously. You know, nobody was screaming that this was, you know, Vince McMahon doesn't know how to run a fucking, he can't, can't run a tight ship anymore. You know, he doesn't know how to control his talent. Look, he can't just hover over everybody constantly. If, if people have a beef with each other, they're going to find a way to settle it with each other when they see each other. Regardless, if the you know the boss ain't gonna be able to do shit about it, even if they're sitting right there. Apparently, this AEW fight happened in front of AEW's number two person, Mega, the the chick that's like their legal, their head legal person. Um, you know, she sat and watched the whole thing. You know, nobody gave a shit, and you know it just happened. Uh, you know, it's happened in WCW. Uh, Chris Jericho got into it with Goldberg. It happened in WWE again. Batista and Booker T got in a fight. And I'm leaving plenty of them out. I'm sure there's other backstage fights that have happened. Vader, Paul Orndorff. Like, shit happens back. Arn Anderson and Sid Vicious got involved in a stabbing incident. Now, granted, this didn't happen backstage. It was at, like, a hotel or something, but... You can't hold the fight itself against Tony Khan. You really can't even look at it sideways. It's the first fight that's happened backstage at AEW, but I could almost promise you it won't be the last. I mean, hell, fucking uh, uh, Eddie Kingston just got suspended for trying to slap Sammy Guevara. If he would have, I'm sure Sammy would have tried to hit back. That would have been a fight right there. Big, tough testosterone-filled egomaniacs all competing for the top dollar, it's bound to happen. And it happened here in the UFC, and this is just an example. So really with AEW, the bigger problem is, is everything that CM Punk said and how hard he buried the entire company, basically. Uh, that didn't happen at UFC. Um, but for everybody out there that's that's criticizing Tony Khan about the fight backstage and, and everything's out of control and he doesn't have control of his locker room and stuff, there was nothing he was gonna do about that. And you know, these things are just gonna they're just gonna happen. And Dana White, I thought, handled it perfect. Now he didn't have one of those guys out there on them. I don't know how Dana would have handled the the uh, you know, ranting on the microphone like that. You know what I mean? I don't know what he would have did as far as, you know, was he, would he have stood up and cut the guy off or, you know, who knows how he would have handled that. But, you know, he came out and, and he was honest with everybody. He's just like, yeah, there's some shit going on backstage. Uh, you know, the crowd booed him for trying to shut down the press conference. He's like, hey, trust me. You don't want this to, we're, this can't happen because those guys were like the main event, right? It was the Diaz camp versus the whoever the fuck the other guy is. And uh, apparently there was like a giant Royal Rumble backstage, basically. Like both these guys had like 30 plus people in their crew, legit. And they all just fucking got into it. Just, you know what I mean? So uh, it was an absolute melee backstage in UFC. And it's funny that it happened at a press conference like AEW and that it happened in the same week like what's the fucking what are the what are the odds that that would even happen 
Um, but yeah, like I said, I feel like Dana handled it well. Like I, I appreciate that approach. Come straight out and say it. Now, you know, there's, if there's legal issues pending in the, the whole AEW backstage bra, then maybe Tony shouldn't say a lot about it. Um, but you know, like Bully Ray had criticized Tony for not giving a reason for vacating the titles on TV. Like fuck, which is another kind of a stupid take because, who on earth is watching AEW that doesn't know that that happened? You know what I mean? Like, throw CM Punk's name in the Google machine for two seconds and you're going to see a bajillion articles about it. You know, there's no way that that slipped under somebody's radar. You know what I mean? Um, even the casual fans, if you are attending an AEW show, watching AEW, you're one of the million that watch AEW on TV. You already know what the, what the fuck happened. Um... But, you know, Bully criticized him for not giving a reason. Dana White came right out, and he's just like, yeah. Diaz's camp and the other guys, they all had a big fucking scuffle backstage. I don't know. It happened, I guess. Whatever. You know <laughs> you know what I mean? He was very, like, he, obviously irritated and pissed off that he had to cancel the press conference and he had to deal with it. But, like, just... You know, fairly casual up front about like, yeah, that's, I mean, it, it happened. That's what's going on. You know, I'm not going to lie to you about it. And I really appreciate that, that approach. And there's been people that have, I mean, you know, like he's let a lot of people say some wild things on the microphone too. Maybe not as hard, hard as, uh, CM Punk did, but you know, there's been UFC fighters that have criticized Dana White even on the microphone before, or UFC as a company. Like, I don't see any problem with letting, let, let your, you know, Dana lets the fighters be fighters and he lets, he lets shit go to the point where it just can't go on anymore. You know, he encourages it to a certain extent and then he stops it. Um, and I don't see anything wrong with that approach. You're in a combat sports, even though it's entertainment, it's wrestling, it's, it's scripted. Um, you know, I feel like WWE is a little too buttoned up and polished. And I know everybody's all PC and everything nowadays and everybody, you know, gets offended by everything and would probably prefer to see the company completely buttoned up where they never have any of these issues or anything like that. But I mean, to me... Let it fly, man. Let these guys talk shit about each other. Let them fight if they got to fight. Get it out of their system. You know, find them, suspend them, do what you got to do. Um, but I think people are a little too uptight. And, and, you know, like, Punk, Punk, the things that Punk said were completely uncalled for. They were way out of line. He should have been cut off. Something should have been done there. But I think everything else involved in this, you know, I think to a certain extent, you got to let punk talk shit. To a certain extent, you got to let these tough guys be tough guys. Or at least want to be tough guys be want to be tough guys, right? In the case of the Young Bucks and probably CM Punk too. Um, though, hey, I'm sure all of them could kick my ass, but in terms of, like, wrestling tough guys. But, yeah, I just wanted to uh, show that one to you guys because it was very funny. And I don't see a lot of people talking about it in the in the wrestling uh, media, you know. Everybody's talking about the CM Punk thing like it's the end of the world and the worst thing, which, I mean, it is. It's very nasty. Um, but nobody's really brought in the UFC thing and kind of compared it that I was able to see and... 
used that to kind of soften the AEW situation a little bit. So I thought I'd toss that out to you guys. Let me know. Give me your thoughts. If you're watching on YouTube, throw them in the comments. Let me know what you think. Pat McAfee stepping down from the SmackDown announce table as he got himself a gig moving on over to ESPN's College Game Day. And, of course, he'll be a part of that commentary team now. A huge opportunity for Pat McAfee and a good way for him to keep expanding his brand and making more of that money. He is not leaving WWE. He is just taking time off during the college football season. I don't know who they'll replace him with or if he's even going to have that spot when he comes back. Um, but certainly this is a big old shakeup for Pat McAfee and the WWE. Uh, go ahead and check out this clip here of Pat McAfee talking about the new gig, talking about where he stands with WWE, and we will catch you on the other side. I had to talk to the WWE first and see what their thoughts were. I was thinking about maybe doing both. How do I go about doing it? I did it one time whenever SmackDown was in Buffalo yep. and there was a plane that was stuck in the Middle East and they weren't able to get back. <laughs> yep. So Triple H actually called me, who's in charge of creative now. Triple H called me and was like, hey, can you get to Buffalo to do SmackDown? Because we don't have anybody, basically. And I had college game day the next morning in Memphis. So Jim Ursay, this is my joke of my life. Jim Ursay gave me his fucking jet to fly to Buffalo, then the game day in Memphis the next morning. I was on like two hours hours of sleep but it was accomplishable so the original thought for me was i could do smackdown and game day i could do it the folks at the wwe who i have nothing but love respect and appreciation for i'm talking old regime new regime whoever you think is in charge over there i have nothing but great feelings towards so i reach out to them i chit chat with them they actually were the ones that said Hey, man, if you're going to do game day, which is great opportunity, congratulations. We're actually, you know, I think WWE has been a part of game day a few different times. Mm -hmm. We love the show. You cannot be traveling overnight for the entirety of the season. Yeah. It's not good for your health. It's not good for your family. It's not good for anything. Whenever the time is right, we will have you definitely be back in our family. So SmackDown will be on hold for a little bit, me commentating, while I do college game day. I'm still very much in the WWE family, and as one OG in the WWE said uh, to me in a message I was very heartfelt, said, hey, now one of our guys is on college game day. So I'm still very much a part of the WWE family, will still very much be doing things, but for the good of college football, and for the good of the opportunity that is in front of me right now, I'll be focusing on college game days on Saturdays, this show Monday through Fridays, then Sunday I'll be attempting to watch all NFL games, and then this will be the greatest football season of all time. I'm very grateful. I'm very thankful. It only happens because of all you motherfuckers that watch and follow along. I'm very, very thankful. And to all the boys, all your hard work, anything that I get to do is a literally a reflection of fucking everything that you guys have accomplished so i appreciate everybody it's a huge day got a haircut for tv hell yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna sit here and pretend that i know anything about sports ball or college sports ball or anything like that but i do know that this is a huge opportunity for pat mcafee espn's no joke 
not only are they the the biggest sports network, but they're also they're owned by Disney. This is a fucking a deal with Disney essentially. This is a huge opportunity for McAfee not only to just keep building his brand but make a shit ton of money. Um, but also uh, WWE, this is a good opportunity for them too. They're keeping Pat around and Pat's staying with WWE. I don't know if this uh, how this works with his contract as far as like like an injury, for example. You know, if you're off the road for three months, six months, that gets tacked onto the back of your contract. You know, you have to if you're contracted for three years, you have to be working for three years. You can't get hurt for a year and sit home on the couch and eat Cheetos and then just fucking, you know, only two years left. You know what I mean? No, you gotta make up that time. You you signed up to give them that time on air to be productive with that time so pat mcfee I, I wonder if it'll work the same way obviously i think he's dealing with triple h uh, you know i believe instead of like nick or steph but you know I, I think triple h gets it not only just the opportunity for pat but the value of pat mcfee for wwe to not you know, uh, let him go or, you know, to figure out a way to keep Pat employed with WWE because one, this is a huge, just to, you know, if Pat can in any way, shape or form be able to associate himself with the WWE on that platform in any way, shape or form, just mention it or even just be recognized as a WWE guy. Um, it, it's good for WWE's branding to be seen on the college game day. It, it's, it, you know, anytime that they can get that kind of mainstream exposure, uh, especially to people that might possibly watch your show, you know, people that are into sports might be into combat sports, might be into wrestling, might've used to like wrestling. I don't know. They might like that Pat McAfee guy might want to watch him on SmackDown. So that's a great opportunity uh, for WWE to get the exposure, but even bigger, Pat McAfee is just uh, a fantastic talent, fantastic talent to have on hand for WWE, both for uh, just this, just to have at the commentary table because he's so goddamn good. People are saying he's the best heel commentator. I don't even know that you would call him a heel commentator. I guess to a certain extent, he's heelish. More heelish than, you know, say like a fucking Michael Cole. But he's uh, he's such a personality. He's People are comparing him to Jesse the Body Ventura, you know. And that's, that's a huge compliment because Jesse, uh, say what you want, feel what you want about Jesse Ventura. Well, him at the commentary desk was just fucking pure gold, man. Uh, you know, him and McMahon bantering back and forth, all that shit. Like, Jesse was really, really good. Pat is really, really good. And, you know, he's been on record saying that Vince never fucked with him in his headset. He just let Pat be Pat. Pat's had very few things said to him in his headset. And and that's great. And I feel like Triple H is going to be even more hands-off with Pat. He gets Pat. And, and not only is Pat that great of a commentator, but he's a fucking fine wrestler too the dude's got talent he's good as hell in the ring dude 
for especially for just you know not really i mean he was actually trained he went to wrestling school to learn how to be a wrestler he didn't just like get trained for his match as he was already part of the wwe like he went and independently got himself trained to be a professional wrestler long before he was even in wwe because he's always loved it he's a fan and he's just such an asset to have in WWE. And I hope, and, and I believe it to be true, because I'm sure he has a good relationship with Triple H and Stephanie and Nick. I'm sure of it. And I'm sure they want Pat around, so they're going to take really good care of him because he's, he's so famous outside of WWE. W, he doesn't need WWE. He's there because he likes it. And traditionally, Vince is not that high on people that are like that. You know, he'd rather have his internal people that he can completely control and micromanage and doesn't like anybody else doing anything outside. You know, famously, the OnlyFans was a problem for everybody and the Twitch and that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> Triple H ain't going to be like that. You know, he's Pat and, and Pat doesn't need the WWE. He has all his own shit outside. He's got his podcast. He's got now his fucking ESPN game day. He's a fucking already a celebrity just from being a football player. Pat McAfee's a huge, huge star. And this is nothing but a giant, great opportunity for all involved. The only thing that sucks is that Pat's not going to be on commentary for a while. And will he even get put like... If they put somebody in his place, I mean, call, this is going to last months. So you just, you know, however long the college football season lasts, you know, is uh, when's the one uh, of the fucking the Rose Bowls and all that shit. Is that that <clears throat> also in the winter, like the Super Bowls that also take place in like uh, January ish, maybe February ish. It's a long time, you know, to if you put somebody else at the commentary table. Who's to say that they're going to just push them out of the way now to have Pat back. Or maybe they'll just switch to a three-man booth when Pat comes back. Because you got to get Pat back on the show. Uh, but even if it's not at the commentary table, maybe they'll find something else for him. But God damn, he's such a great commentator. Um, but huge opportunity. Really dope. So I'm glad to see that uh, Pat is having a fucking amazing life. Malachi Black is gone from AEW. The uh, rumors were swirling around. First, it was Raj Geary that had leaked out that somebody that he had gotten word that somebody had asked for their release, somebody prominent, and it was kind of rumored and speculated as to who that might be. Uh, then it was made official that it was Alistair, or <laughs> Alistair, well, he will be Alistair, Malachi Black that asked for his release and that it was denied. And that he had stated that it was mental health issues. And, uh, you know, I had stated last week that that may be the case. But we all goddamn know that he's going straight back to WWE once he's able to. Um, now we know that he, I, I said last week that I would would not let him go because of the optics. Because people already think that AEW is going to die because Cody Rhodes jumped ship. You know, like when he did that, it was, oh no, everybody's fucking leaving AEW. now. it was one guy. It was a big guy, it was a top guy, it was an EVP, it was a founder. It was a big deal, but it was a guy. Now, with fucking Malachi Black leaving as well, it's going to look bad. So I would have, if it was me, I would have gave him the time off that he needed to 
get his mental health right, but I wouldn't have released him because if I'm releasing you, uh, that means you are going to go wrestle somewhere else. You know what I mean? If you you know, because if I say you can take off all the time that you need to take care of whatever you got to take care of, man, I want you to be healthy and happy. And you're like, yeah, but I really just don't even want to work here anymore. That's a problem. There's a reason for that. So now it's more than your mental health. You either want to go to WWE or you're just that miserable here. And apparently that was part of the mental health issues, you know, that how he was being used and everything like that. And I don't think he was being used horribly. He wasn't at the top of the card. He wasn't the main event. He wasn't a world champion. Um, but, I mean, fuck, he was wrestling Sting and Darby Allen on pay-per-view. He's got his buddies brought in with him. You know, his hand-picked people to build his faction. I don't know what else he wanted. Like, yeah, he was not booked as well as I would have even liked to have seen him used. Or I, w I would have used him better myself. I would have used him as a top guy. Not the top guy. But he would have been in that main event mix quite a bit more. But he sure, sure as fuck wasn't a jobber. You know? Uh, he didn't... He wasn't the bottom of the card. And he got creative freedom, you know, he was fucking working with his friends. He handpicked these people. Brody King is his bro, brought him in. Buddy Matthews brought him in. Uh, instead, man, anytime you, that's a bucket list item to work with Sting. It really is. And he's been working with Sting for a while now. This wasn't like a slapped together thing. Oh, I guess we got to appease you. Let's give you, a, we'll give you Sting. Like the, the House of Black's been beefing with Darby for like a month or a couple months now at least. I mean, I was at the uh, Blood and Guts show where the Rampage taping was where, where Brody King eliminated Darby with the choke out and then just dropped him. I think that was the start of this. And that was shocking as shit. Like, everybody in the stands around me were like, whoa. Like, that was a really fuck, fucked up ending, which was great. It was really great. I've never seen anything like that before, and it really shocked people. Um, <clears throat> so, I just, I don't see how... Look, man, he hasn't even been on the roster for a year. I don't know how these guys can just walk in and all think that they can move to the top of the card and be the main event and the world champion within a year. Sorry. Any kind of champion within a year. You still got to earn it. Look around you. Look at all the people on the roster. Yes, you're Malachi Black. Yes, I would have used you better. Yes, everybody and their mom thinks that you could have been used better. But you weren't being used poorly. And you got a lot of competition to, to outwork, to earn that spot still. And, uh, you know, what I would have did, I would have gave him a really good, solid run against when Hangman Page was champion. I would have gave Malachi a good run as a challenger for Hangman. I don't know that I would I would have would not have given him the title or let him beat Hangman, but that would have been a prominent feud in Hangman's run if that was me, but... I think they had like a match and then it was quickly moved on from. So I don't think it was all of that. I think he's starting to see the locker room become something that he doesn't want to be a part of as a lot of people. Um, I was listening to Freddie Prince Jr.'s podcast this week as well. And uh, he had said that he has friends backstage that are just not happy in the locker room either. Um, actually, uh 
it's just a big mess. So, I mean, certainly that could be a reason that Malachi Black wanted to leave and maybe he just wants to go back to Triple H. I mean, that's the only good reason you would actually want your release and state the way you're being used as the problem because he wasn't being buried. So, uh, I do fully... Now, this was a conditional release. So Malachi Black is going to, he's not going to get to just hop straight over to WWE. Um, he doesn't have to sit out his contract. I believe, you know, Tony had said that he had him tied up for five years. Five fucking years. Oh, could you imagine if he's dying to get out already and he's got like four years to go, five years to go? Um, <clears throat> but he does have to sit out a year. He can't work for anybody for a year, so he really does have to take that time to work on his mental health. Um, but I guarantee goddamn it, I will fucking eat my own finger off of my hand. I will... If, if Malachi Black returns to AEW, and it's not Aleister Black returning to the WWE, because he will be back in wrestling. He's going to the WWE. Papa H is in charge now. That was his man. He, he loved his run in NXT. He was happy with his creative in NXT. He was happy to work in NXT. So now he's going to get to work for Triple H again, and all is going to be well. But we're going to have to wait a year to see it. And hopefully AEW gets their shit together by then to the point where maybe he will think twice about going to the WWE. That's it. That's all I got for you guys today. Uh, there was lots of other stuff that I could have gone to that I did have loaded up in my queue. Um, but this was already a jam-packed show. And look, man, I'm not going to, you know, restrict myself to keeping any kind of segment uh, at a certain time frame or whatever. I'm just going to rant till I can't rant no more. And that's what I did here today. And lots to cover with the CM Punk thing and all of that. It was a crazy week. It was a big, big week. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me and watching me. Uh, my YouTube channel continues to grow. Um, still just working my way up to that initial thousand subscribers. Still low level as fuck. But I'm starting to see more and more videos creep up into the higher numbers. And I very much appreciate that. Uh, that's both on the Pro Wrestling Podcast podcast and on my reactions. If you are into reaction videos at all, please just go give a sample of my reaction videos on my reaction playlist. Any of my pro wrestling related ones, because I always find a way to sneak wrestling into something, right? I love it. So I do any of my reactions that are wrestling related are also right here uh, in the pro wrestling podcast podcast playlist if you're watching on youtube if you're listening to the podcast go hop on over to my youtube subscribe to it it's it's a nice place to hang out but yeah check out my reaction sample it dabble in it i do all well-rounded pop culture reactions it's not just one topic to where it's like not your thing i mean i do everything from fucking you know music videos to movie trailers to um, I got one that I don't think is up yet. It might be by the time you hear this, but I got one. I reacted to a fucking raccoon eating Cheetos. So, uh, lots of fun stuff, a good mix of fun stuff in there and some wrestling ones as well. Um, got a book out, The Gathering, Bold Journey into the Belly of the Juggalo Underworld. Links in the description below. NFTs, pro wrestling inspired championship belts. 
links in the description below i'm moving quick because this has gone long don't want to bore you to tears please like follow and subscribe at seth grimes media that's going to be on tiktok facebook twitter holler at your boy over there or in the comments on youtube or just any way you can fucking send a pigeon with a note tied around its ankle to me and and I, you know i love to hear from you uh, thank you for checking out the show hanging out with me to the end peace love and pizza i'm your boy seth grimes and this has been the pro wrestling podcast podcast I fucking hate them. I say all this with a grain of salt because for a good part of my own life, I proudly identified as a juggalo. You should come to the gathering with me. Nah, man. I'm not into all that whoop-whoop shit anymore. I'll pay for your ticket. I got fired today. Get the fuck out! Still got room for me? Spike, slow the fuck down! Cops! Fuck your sleep! Fuck your sleep! Fuck your sleep! The savages started closing in with their tiki torches and war paint. Shit! Run! You guys got a dead body here already? Even the aliens were throwing shade. It was pure panic and intense horror. There was a guy I saw got chopped in half. I had nothing left to go back to. You alive? <sighs> yep. The Gathering. A bold journey into the belly of the Juggalo underworld.